upside down pineapple under the sea. Actually, we're not SpongeBob SquarePants, but we are Lifetime Pals. I'm Ferris. And I'm Jess. And this is a potentially more than bi-weekly breakdown of Lifetime movies, after-school specials, and every time TV tried to teach us something. What have we got today, Jess? Uh, so today we've got a fun one. It's uh, Do You Know the Muffin Man? Not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Certainly not that Muffin Man. Uh, this was a made-for-TV movie that aired on CBS in 1989. And can you give me a short description of what we might expect? Satanic panic, baby! <laughs> I believe the Amazon description is a police officer and his wife are shocked to find out molestation has been happening at their neighborhood daycare and they're devastated to find out that their own son is part of these trappings. Yeah, just a quick content warning. We're definitely going to be talking. Functionally fucking everything. Yeah, we're going to be talking about child abuse, uh, satanic rituals, and um, yeah, it's going to get a little weird. Um, most of, I'd say the bulk of the contact warning is this is a movie about bad things happening to kids in short. Yeah. So, is this based off a true story? So, the end title card says that it is not based on a true story. However. Lies. Uh, have you ever heard of the McMartin case, Ferris? <laughs> oh, hot damn, yes, I have. Yeah, so for those uninitiated, uh, the McMartin case was a uh, case in the 80s. Uh, it actually spanned from 1983 to 1990. Um, what year was this movie released again? In 1989. <laughs> so I feel like we might have to cover this and then get into the very weirdly illegal feeling fact that this movie was put out in the middle of a court case about the goddamn thing that it's fucking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a case about uh, allegations against a uh, daycare abusing children. In short. Yeah. So a thing we've got to enjoy maybe is a word <laughs> in all these movies we have watched is that there is no editing no, promise. no, just straight violent jump cuts. <laughs> jump cut to jump cut to jump cut. This because this movie goes from in the very beginning a children's baseball game to a narcotics presentation to a family dinner to two women in a grocery store talking about the fact that one of their kids got gonorrhea. Yeah, but not their kids, like one of the other mom's kids. And then somebody going to the police to report the tiny tots daycare about first content warning ding sodomy <laughs> yeah we told you this was gonna get a little heavy right away really oh yeah like this was maybe 15 minutes into the movie just boom <laughs> sodomy yep <laughs> so this continues to like flail around wildly for the first like 20 minutes yeah. After a family barbecue, police dad confronts Josh's mom. Josh is the child who we have now found out has gonorrhea. Yeah. Um, and so goes to talk to Josh's mom. This is an official police business, but let's be real. You know that I've heard about this because I'm a cool cop. Yeah, he's a cool dad cop who wears a Letterman jacket everywhere. So you know that he's purely the what pure white snowy heart of golden Americana. 
an eagle giving birth to a newborn human baby and taking it so whatever president is relevant at the time can kiss it on the forehead. <laughs> Josh's mom says that Josh was drugged. <laughs> yep. Taken in a van to a motel, photographed, and repeatedly raped by a fat man. <laughs> yep, I specifically just wrote down black van, fat man. <laughs> The mom claims that she's got no boyfriend, so there's no way that her boyfriend could have raped her child. Even though there are definitely rumors about a sketchy boyfriend raping her child. Who's an artist. Yeah. But, you know, kids don't lie. No. We have to believe the children. Believe the children. Believe the children. Teddy's mom visits the daycare to find nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nothing. There's a rabbit in a cage. There's a child crying in the background as somebody who has actually worked with kids a bunch. I guarantee you one of them is always slightly crying somewhere, but it's never... You can't guarantee it's a bad thing. Kids are fucking weird. Oh, yeah. And when one had a boo-boo, they were giving her a band-aid and another kid was crying. Probably upset because... They don't a have boo-boo. a boo-boo. Yeah, I want a pretty band-aid. <laughs> The mom tries to grill Teddy, and this is the first of Make a Broad Guess. How many times do you, does she grill Teddy before the meat of the movie starts happening? Oh my god. Probably, like, at least 45 minutes Yeah, of just grilling before we actually get any real context to the grilling. Yeah, she is... Have you ever had, like, a plate go missing and your mom is just determined it's you because you're the shit child? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you also had a dinner over and definitely somebody else broke it and it's or it's not actually broken and it doesn't matter because one time you broke a plate once and I never forgot about it. And now I'm going to wake you up at three o'clock in the morning and ask you, what the hell happened, Teddy? Teddy, you can tell me if somebody touched you. Do you remember that talk we had? out if somebody touches you. <laughs> also, does that, do people actually get this talk? Yeah, yeah. see, I, I, I just got the don't get into the big white van if they say they have puppies. But, like, to be I, fair, I would probably get into a van Oh, Ted Bundy puppies. would have loved my idiot ass. Yeah, so, like, fair. Fair! <laughs> also, I'm rolling, like, a weirdly high amount of accepting rides from strangers, and I'm still not dead, so, like, I just think I can never accept another one in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, you're at your limits. You're really, really walking a thin <laughs> line here, Ferris. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah. So, there is an initial grilling at dinner, and Teddy's brother, Sandy, tells Mom to back off and gets really defensive, and this was a thing that definitely hit both of us in a... Very suspicious flavor. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as I met Sandy, I was convinced this was going to be a movie about Sandy raping his brother. Parental advisory warning. Yep. <laughs> they send both of the, the mom sends both of the kids to visit dad at work. Dad cop. Yeah, cool dad cop. Cool dad Why cop. is Melinda at, at cop? Why are all the people who work at the daycare at cop? Why are my night's teachers at cop? Why is Melinda crying? Why is she not in the interrogation room? Why is room? she being interrogated in a glass room that's obviously just like the policeman office, like, <laughs> computer hut? Not an official parameters room. I'm reasonably sure you do this where people can't goddamn see you. Like, at one point, the dad literally says, go wait for me in the interrogation room, Which son. Which they have one. Why are they not using it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Clearly, I had many complaints about this movie that had nothing to do with any of the plot of the movie. I feel like we got very angry on many, many tangents. And maybe this is because satanic panic is something we're just both, like, boiled deeply into. Yeah. So getting to watch this play off in the as-it-was-happening times... No, everybody's bad. One of the questions we do hear Melinda getting asked is about, but what do you mean you were covered in blood? Melinda was the one receiving a bandage when the mom visited the daycare. Yep. Blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you Simple get Simple explanation. That's how you get blood. Also, can we talk about the fact that Melinda is both two and five in this movie? Well, she's two the first time for sure we meet her, and we're not given any actual timeline within the occurrence of the movie. But definitely not three whole years. But there was a point where she's on the stand, and he asks her, would a five-year-old know a word like vagina? To which I just went, I thought she was two! That was the first problem we had. (laughs) Um... This is at least 10 bad rings in. Mom takes Teddy to the doctor to find out that Teddy's being raped. Yeah. Um, and the, hmm. I just had this weird feeling that maybe the doctor wants the mom to shut up. Yeah. Like, eh. Nah. There was something, like, not explicit but palpably yucky about this scene, but not just the prospect of a child being sexually assaulted. There was a second yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a bad scene altogether. Just a bad time. There's another jump cut. Yep. Because that's the only cut there is. This may as well all be Star Wars. No kids. smooth transitions here, folks. No. To which, and this leads us to our first moral of the movie. Don't take a child to an active crime scene. Yeah, why are you letting your child run through an active crime scene? Like, they bring the child to two the tiny daycare. tots, to which he just runs under the crime tape, into the house, into the backyard, and looks- just contaminating everything, and then chucks a rabbit into a hole? So it looks like a sewer drain. Yeah. But so the parents are doing a lot of, like, holding Teddy's face like he's an apple, but too big of an apple for one hand, and going, son, it's okay. They're not going to hurt you. You can tell us. We love you. We're your parents. They can't hurt you. And he's just getting increasingly agitated. I felt a lot of... What's What's the polite version of pity? Pity? <laughs> no, like, I, I always find that pity is a little demeaning. Like, sympathy? Sympathy! <laughs> I'm a human. You are a human with empathy and emotions. <laughs> I felt a lot of sympathy for Teddy because, like, I feel like having your parents constantly, like, shaking you by the skull and by the shoulders going, son, rape! And maybe don't do that at a crime scene. <laughs> but so he's incredibly agitated and they notice this like stuffed bunny that like I believe the mom has in her bag. Mm-hmm. This bunny has been like gazed heavily upon. It's in Teddy's bedroom one of the times, multiple times, <laughs> that Teddy's mom goes and like wakes him up in the depths of the night to go, son, <laughs> ripe. <laughs> 
Um, he just like rolls over and he's like gazing deeply into this like really detailed looking stuffed rabbit. Like it's yeah. a very nice stuffed rabbit to which he pulls the rabbit out of the purse and starts like screaming and yelling. And then he goes and throws it down the storm drain. Yeah. And the parents are like, are you okay? That's the rabbit that the lady gave you. That means she raped you. Logic. Yeah. <laughs> there is a town hall meeting. About the 37 indictment charges. Yep. Uh, against the Robinsons? That was the name? I have this written down. Richardson's. Richardson's. Initially, it really seemed like nobody had names in this movie except for Teddy and his family. Yeah. So the Richardsons have 37 indictments of assorted child abuses against them. But the two younger people, Susan and George, have no charges pressed against them. Mm-hmm. Because children should be supported as witnesses, the lawyer repeatedly tells the parents. That we need witnesses, we need them to get on the stand, and you need to support your kids and make sure they know what they're telling us. Yep. Which to me just kind of sounds like coaching. <laughs> Teddy's parents push really hard for Teddy to testify, but are told by the lawyer that they need evidence. Yeah. Huh. What about that? The parents discuss, uh, the parents go out to the car and they discuss their assorted guilt, Danishes, and some casual misogyny. Yeah. (laughs) Because Danishes are just obviously the sign of neglect. Yeah. Too busy enjoying Danishes too. Danish and then Teddy's getting raped. I feel like we should just have, like, a ding counter for every time. <laughs> because I think this is the most times have you... I've... Yeah. Please, please don't use this as a drinking game. <laughs> you will die. Yeah. Teddy has a big flailing nightmare. Everybody's upset. Cop dad and detective friend go to your friendly local neighborhood porn shop and try to buy child porn yeah i don't know why they thought that was gonna be like a thing that would happen in public because they don't even like they're not subtle about it they are they straight up ask the man for child porn they're like he reasonably says get the fuck out of my store you pervert that's disgusting what the hell (laughs) but you know my buddy and i here are sharing a hotel room down the block and we were got some special interests we're hoping you could cater to what's that Five-year-old boys. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't even think people that are that direct about the legal, regular styles of porn. No! Like, I can't... Or maybe you do can go into a porn shop and be like, so... I mean, it was New York in the 80s, so like... This was not New York. Apparently it was... I think the porn shop was in New York. How did they get to New York? I don't know, man. Like, this entire, like, weird sting investigation is definitely illegal and definitely very off the books. Because the dad calls in sick and then just, like, flies to Portland for some reason? I feel like it's not... Connecticut. 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 Yeah. Where the fuck is Connecticut, guys? Please tell me. (laughs) I just know about, like, New York, Florida, and Los Angeles, and Portland. Yeah. I know about the borders of the states. It's like when you go for groceries, you don't go in the aisles. That's how they get you. Shop mm-hmm. the outer rim, buy some lettuce, don't buy milk. So yeah. That's weird. <laughs> the cop decides after he does not successfully gain child porn upon directly requesting it, 
Surprise. Surprise! To call every single preschool in America. Yep. To uh, stalk a man who they drop charges against. Yep. Because this is definitely legal and not harassment. Jump cut. Oh, yeah. Child baseball fight. <laughs> yeah, child <laughs> baseball fight. Teddy gets insulted by another kid. Um, this movie was made in the 80s in the sense of there's some like casual language that maybe we don't hear the same way anymore unless you're watching an Eli Roth movie. Um, yeah, Teddy gets in a baseball fight. He gets real mad. His brother tries to cheer him up and goes, Teddy, what did the kid call you? And Teddy goes, he called me a fag. What does that mean? <laughs> What's the definition that the brother gives for this, though? Because it is weirdly heartwarming. <laughs> Someone who doesn't need, who has to work really hard and, and not give up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a fag. <laughs> not the first time. Definitely not the last time. <laughs> so dad pulls money out of his ass to fly across the country and harass George. This is a thing that we've uh, skipped a little. The, the mom had to go get a job at a meat plant, which is apparently horridly undignified, because, you know, working with meat is not the way of the world. Yeah. Um, where did you get this money from? I put it on the plastic. I had to take the kids to work with me because I didn't know you were going to be home all day. Yeah, apparently they're very broke, but also you can call in sick to work and then just fly to Connecticut with your friend. This is the first wave of harassing George yeah. also. So they he flies off to the school he finds out that he works in. George ain't at school, but he has a computer with a weird-looking address book. Mm -hmm. So they copy it and steal it because they totally had a warrant for that. Yeah. And while they're doing this, they get a second warrant to go break into George's house. Yeah. Because no charges were pressed against this man. Yeah. They get to George's house to find out that he left, and they're like, mad sus. Yep, must be a pedophile. Or maybe you're just stalking him. And harassing him. Or maybe he's just, like, really big into cocaine. It's the 80s. Yeah. I feel like it is reasonable. It's highly likely that he's into cocaine. And being a daycare teacher. Yeah. How else do you keep up with those little nuggets? Exactly. I just look at, just, like, seeing kids come into our store makes me tired. <laughs> Now, they're at court. <laughs> Melinda's at trial, behaving as a two to five year old would. Yep. Being, um, I, I feel like the one lawyer we see the most of, the defense lawyer, mm -hmm. um, has some of the most reasonable lines of questioning in this entire movie. Right? Like, why does a five year old know the word vagina? Because. You, we should teach our children the proper words for body parts so they can accurately tell doctors when they're heard. And it also actually has been proven to help cut through the shit when these kinds of things happen. Yeah. But they tend to stick on this one doctor that has shown up, Dr. Billington. And they're like, Melinda, you're two to five. How come you know the word vagina? She's like, well, Dr. Billington told me and then my mom explained it to me. So we're setting these kids up to both be unreliable witnesses and literally the only way to stop these crime. And definitely not being coached by doctors. Smash cut. Dead dog. 
Yep, just the dead dog. Yep. We there's no explanation in the entire movie. <laughs> We're supposed to speculate that apparently the Satanists did it. I don't know, but also the Satanists haven't even been mentioned yet. The Spoilers. Sa- <laughs> I know. Spoilers. Who knew we would spoil a movie in this podcast? Hot damn. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's um So Teddy has been poisoned, and the mom definitely tells Ted. No, Teddy's the human. <laughs> Rex. Rex has been poisoned. Yes, they all have dog names. Everybody has a dog name. <laughs> Rex was definitely poisoned. We find out, and Teddy has been told that because now he's convinced his dad is going to get murdered. Yeah, because good momming skills, ya mom. Right. I wonder who put that in his head. But it's Teddy's big day in court. Yeah. He's got a little sweater on. They combed all ten of his hairs. Yeah. He's definitely not Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. They get him into the courtroom. Gallo bangs. Bolt! Yep. Because he's a man in a black robe. Fucking gun. Turns out that Teddy is afraid of Satan. Yep. Oh, yeah. He just blatantly blurts out Satan. They're like, hey, why are you afraid of the man? Why did you run away? It's just a judge. He's your friend. He goes, no, Satanists wear black robes. Um, as your friendly (laughs) local neighborhood Satanist, I at best have a black poncho. Right? Like, I want a fucking robe. Where do I get my robe? Theater store. (laughs) True. (laughs) I think they rent them. Unless they're, like, a really dedicated group. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because the judge has a gavel and a black robe, he remembers that the Robinsons told him he was going to get persecuted and hurt if he told on them, and Satan. Yeah, it has now been 51 minutes into the movie, and we have finally mentioned Satan. Turns out the Muffin Man is Satan. Yeah. Well, fuck. Makes great muffins, though. I'd eat them. (laughs) The prosecution grills Teddy about if he understands truth versus fiction. Mm -hmm. This is a thing that happened for realsies in the McMartin case. Because if you know the Tooth Fairy isn't real, you know the Easter Bunny isn't real, but if Arthur dressed up as the Easter Bunny, you think he's the Easter Bunny, Teddy? Yeah. You and your big old blonde melon head? (laughs) Yeah, turns out Satan was real. The toy rabbits were a totem for the evil eye to watch the kids when they were at home. Yeah, they just throw that in there and the prosecution is, he's very confident in the Satanist thing here. Like, he he just straight up starts spewing ritualistic stuff and being like, you know what, I knew it all along, it was the Satanists. But we also thought the jury wouldn't take it seriously if we said it was Satan, so we decided not to say it was Satan. It's almost as if this occurred during the Satanic Panic, when a bunch of cases started cropping up that were all false, and then a bunch of people got acquitted because they were accused of ritualistically abusing children. (laughs) Including entire neighborhoods worth of parents. The lawyer isn't exactly pro-Satan. He doesn't want them to talk about it. Like, he both barfs out all this ritual knowledge and goes, 
Well, actually, maybe no. Yeah. Maybe, yes, but no. Maybe the jury's not going to go with that. <laughs> but also, at the same time, and this is like one of our first really clear links to the fact this was happening, in the actual world, at the time this was happening, is that, yeah, this is just being like popping up everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. None of those juries bought it, so I just figured we should lie. Yep, definitely something you want to hear from your lawyer. Is a lie on top of a, uh, is a lie about a lie a truth, or is it just a more complicated lie? Let's find out. <laughs> Sandy has a wee breakdown at his parents. He's been like, so Jess, what was your first theory on this older brother, Sandy? So my first theory was that Sandy had been abusing his brother. And that Sandy had maybe been abused, because that's a thing that happens, unfortunately. And sometimes kids get abused, and then they abuse other kids, because that's... that's... It's them acting out the things that have happened to them. Yeah, because they're just normalizing it. Um, and then when he started to cry and spout things about him being abused by uh, Mavis, Miss Miss Robinson... Um, I honestly just thought that this was maybe just a weird ploy to take attention off of him abusing his brother. Like, I definitely just kept thinking this was a movie about a brother abusing his brother. It's really well painted, is that as well? This is on Amazon Prime. I recommend y'all give it a look. Yeah. Um, there's... <laughs> there's some of the most worst acting we've ever seen so far. Oh, Yeah. And also, Sandy is just really good at acting like he's really suspicious. But specifically, the line is, like, Sandy's getting mad at his cop dad for, like, what do you mean? You're just going to let this off the hook, aren't you? I can't believe you're letting this happen again. To which we just went, again? (laughs) Pourquoi? The Richardson have been doing this shit for years. Ten years ago, when Sandy was at the same school, but he was a special kid who wouldn't tell. Mm-hmm. So he's just sat on this forever. And this also kind of wraps back well to the beginning with, like, Sandy also, like, getting into fights about cigarettes at school. Mm-hmm. He's going through his listening to Cradle of Filth phase before Cradle of Filth was around. Yeah. Sandy describes the ritual with altars and candles and robes and no pants. And it is declared, like, his parents both say he should be a witness. To which the lawyer goes, your kid seems really mentally traumatized and maybe he should go to therapy. Also, this is going to definitely look like we're just trying to commit perjury on the stand. To which the mom went, goes, who cares if it looks like perjury? Ma'am, <laughs> this is not how court cases work. Maybe you should listen to the man who gets paid. To be a literal lawyer. You touch meat. <laughs> she doesn't even touch meat. She's a receptionist. Lame. Right? Get your hands in there, kids. Work your stress out. Squeeze <laughs> some beef. The lawyer is skeptical, but eventually agrees to letting Sandy testify. And everybody thinks this is sketchy. Nobody's taking this shit well. Oh, yeah. Teddy gets harassed again by his mom. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night. No, it's the dad. Yeah, It's the dad. This is a first. Um, He's peacefully asleep. Have you noticed he always sleeps in his baseball uniform? This weirds me out. Yeah, but it's kind of cute. He just really likes baseball, guys. (laughs) Why can't he go back to playing baseball and not 
court trials. Right? Just let the kid play baseball, goddammit, and get him a therapist. Blah. <laughs> but yeah, dad, like, gently shakes Teddy awake, being like, what were their satanic names? To which Teddy goes, what? <laughs> which is the appropriate response to being a five-year-old being awoken in the middle of the night to your dad just yelling in your face, what were their satanic names, Teddy? We know they had satanic names. Sandy told them about them, so you must know them too. Yeah, of course, because Sandy told you. <laughs> so anyway, we find out that their satanic names are Virgo and Isis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cop Dad uses Sandy's computer in his room. Why does Sandy have a computer in his room? And that also, was- why are you looking at things that you took from an illegal crime scene in your son's room on his computer? I feel like this man is a fake cop. Yeah. He just wanted to wear a Letterman jacket and have fun with some boys who thought the same as he did. It's like the Babysitter's Club Juniors. Yeah. Yep. But goes through this uh, floppy disk, finds the phone number for Isis, and just takes a plane to Seattle. Yeah, as he does. With his ass money. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sandy on the stand! They try to accuse him of being in cahoots with Billington, but he's literally never met her. Mm-hmm. At which point, the, the bad guy lawyer starts just like spiraling. Yeah. And then Sandy brings up the Satan. Yeah. He drops the S-bomb. Which, the honestly, the defense lawyer looked real pleased that he did that. Because you could tell he was like, this boy is playing straight in my hands. As soon as he mentions Satan, the jury's gonna be like, this kid's crazy. The note I have is defense lawyer runs with this juicy bone <laughs> and asks if Geraldo will be coming on next. <laughs> um, they're honestly... Geraldo Satanic Panic Special. Fucking get it. So, yeah, there's a lot of rambling back and forth about, oh, you're saying they had robes and altars, and how come nobody, how come you waited so long? How come you did this? And he's like, I just couldn't let it happen to my brother. Yeah. Which, fair. Fair. Yeah. This is also, like, the fourth or fifth time that they've mentioned that polygraphs are inadmissible. Which we are, like, we're here for. Yeah. Like, thank you for being a movie made in the 80s about the satanic panic. And, like, the one shred of truth that you have is, like, you know what? Polygraphs aren't really that accurate. The defense lawyer at one point asks Sandy where it's like, well, you don't even know if that's the truth. And Sandy's like, the lie detector does. And the defense lawyer goes, that doesn't even count. (laughs) Which, like... True crime friends, this is a good movie. Yeah. Back in Seattle, the cop uses a set of keys to enter this woman's house. Yeah. Definitely doesn't With no have a warrant. warrant. <laughs> but has keys to her house. Are they boning? Yeah. And finds child porn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually. We, we were actually surprised that this is literally what? a thing they find. Yeah, because they're like, she has no turntable, but she has all these records. Um, I keep my turntable in the closet. Yeah, I don't I think, have... I think mine broke, so, like, I have a bunch of records and no turntable. I don't have child porn. No. I don't even have any regular porn in this house. <laughs> in this house. 
but yeah, so they they declare that suspicious enough, and they open one of her um her like box records mm-hmm. and find that it just got like this flip folder of like children in assorted levels of undress. Yeah, which we were just not ready for in the no, slightest. No, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Smash cut. Mavis takes the stand to very reasonably defend herself. Yeah. Her entire argument is very well founded. Yeah. Like, actually. And and maybe her wording wasn't the best because maybe if you're being accused of touching kids, don't <laughs> open with uh, the line, yeah, so we touched some kids. And then follow it up with an explanation of like, we oh, blew their noses. We blew their noses and changed diapers hair. and changed and combed their hair. Maybe lead with that. <laughs> but yeah, it's but actually also a reasonable just don't. Defense. A courtroom is not to pl- the place to try out your snappy catchphrases. Yes. This courtroom is a place to not go to fucking jail. Yeah. In Seattle. Yep. The cops watch over a daycare and they see a, sec- a janitor who the one who cop dad goes, no, he's a security guard. He's always really close to the alarm. So they wait until he steps out of the property and fucking tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Go into the school. For some reason, they turn a security camera around at one point. Yeah, a little sketchy. Also, might I add that this entire scene happens with only 14 minutes left in the movie. (laughs) What is this, Argento? Right? Uh, But yeah, they go through like a side door into a room that looks like it's made of dirt Mm -hmm. to find children in their underpants. And a literal satanic ritual. Standing around a pentagram. There's knives. There's candles. They're there's about robes. to stab a rabbit. Which is a thing that they kept telling us that they stabbed a rabbit. Yeah. Because they get their power from destroying something good. Yeah. They catch Susan. Yeah. Susan do the Satan. Yeah. Turns out Susan is a Satanist. Huh. What the hell? Huh. She ends up back at the court case. Yeah. Where we find out she has full immunity from prosecution <sighs> in exchange for her testimony. She's the one they literally caught. Yeah, you could be putting a literal pedophile in jail and yet you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Susan explains that, yeah, I did these things. Look at my pretty blonde hair and my 80s bib dress that makes me look like a nanny. I did these things. Mm-hmm. I touched the kids. I take the pictures. Yeah. I do the Satan. The Richardsons are denied of Satan. Yeah. So we don't really get any closure with Sandy. No. No. No, there's no closure in this movie, period. It just kind of ends with Sandy and Teddy on the bus talking about how maybe this doesn't happen to us again. Yeah. So... Folks, this is based off of a true story. We touched on that this is the based on the McMartin preschool case, Mm -hmm. which was happening from 85 to 1990. 83 to 1990. So this is being released in the middle of the court case. Oh, yeah. I believe the trial happened from 1987 to 1990. So this is literally in the middle of the trial. Satanic panic was having its grips held on America. There's so many wee little tendrils attached to this, too. Like, there was the Believe Children movement, Children Don't Lie, 
um, because they uh, discovered child abuse in the 70s. Yeah. And went, oh shit, maybe this happens. Yeah, and instead of acting like reasonable people and being like, yeah, some people are shitty and they abuse children, they just automatically went to Satan. Because, you know, it's the fault of all these moms getting jobs and working outside of the home. And heavy metal music. Near and near and near. So there was many satanic panic cases. There's actually one in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And the uh, keynote storybook of which a lot of satanic panic information comes from is set in Vancouver. Yep. Michelle remembers. And Dr. Pastor. Who definitely married his own patient. Yep. We're not going to even get into the ethics of that. (laughs) And they were actually called as witnesses in the McMartin trial to testify about how Satan works. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually kind of impressed we didn't see any, like, satanic cult ritual abuse um, expert witnesses come in in this. Because that was very heavily a thing in the real cases. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is a movie telling us to be afraid of if we send our kids to daycare, they might get (coughs) flushed down a toilet, driven to Mexico, have horns sewn onto their heads, be forced to have babies and give birth to the babies and kill the babies and eat the babies. Between eight and three. Yep. The satanic panic is a really neat little cultural thing that happened that we still have little shocks of now and then. In the QAnon panics. Yup. Any time, like, the most damning thing to accuse somebody of being, and the most damning thing to actually be, if you are, is a pedophile. Yeah. Nobody wants that in in their backyard, in their community. So when we can't explain something that's happening... It seems a lot like we can just, like, slap it on to scary music and pedophiles. Yeah. Hell, like, think about what happened recently with the whole, like, they're shipping kids in Wayfair. In Wayfair cupboards. And even now with the coronavirus, I actually read an excellent article by Fox. And, yeah! And the lovely Sarah Marshall was interviewed for this. And, uh... Yeah, check out her podcast. You're wrong about. I'm obsessed. Also, why our dads? Right? Um, but yeah, she she touches upon how even now with the coronavirus, uh, there are those weird conspiracies going around that if you make a kid wear a mask, it's easier to traffic the kids. Mm. And and ultimately, the only people that get hurt in this are the kids. Maybe your child just doesn't want to catch coronavirus when they go to school. There's also a lot of weird backwards concern attached to this, where, like, after the fact, they're really mad about, like, but what if this person did this thing and they weren't charged with this? Like, you should... I worked at a summer camp for years, and I had to get a police check done every single year before I went. You assume, like, to work with kids, you have to have a criminal check done, and maybe this is a more modern thing, but, like, if you're going to be terrified of what happens... You should really, like, have your, do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. If this is a thing you're afraid of, do what you can to prevent it. Yeah. That's the more important part. There's, there's a lot of, like, weird misinformation. The core of the satanic panic is misinformation. Yeah. And also, 
fun fact, there's two different satanic uh, rules for the earth that wouldn't let you do this shit. Yep. Because there is, uh, rule number five is to not make sexual advances without consent. And mm-hmm. literally, rule number nine is do not harm young children. I'd argue that rape be pretty harmsome. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this was a bit of a mess. Yeah, like it definitely started out as a movie about, you know, the satanic panic. And I'm going into it thinking, you know, this is going to dispel a lot of what's going on. And eventually they're going to realize there's something normal at the core of this. And maybe kids are getting abused and that's unfortunate, but it has nothing to do with Satan. And then it just turns into, like, a weird Christian propaganda film at, like, the very last ten minutes. I want to see one about the weirdly high amounts of, like, child fight clubs run out of preschools. Right? Because that's more common. And more true. Mm-hmm. If you didn't need the weirdest fact to end this on. <laughs> I mean, I also love that the mom is Mindy from Mork and Mindy. Yeah. And sweet little Teddy also played Mikey. And um, if you haven't seen the movie Mikey, the tagline is that Freddie and Jason were kids once too. <laughs> I love it. It is hot, wet garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So this was definitely not the movie that I thought it was going to be going into it. But uh, it was a. It was Hooey! A, it's a fun ride. It happened. <laughs> So, Jess, where can people find you if they're looking for you? (laughs) Just don't. (laughs) You don't want to find me. (laughs) But if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That is at DeadpanAnn, with two N's at the end. Um, And I have an Instagram. That is DeadpanAnn. Just just the normal way, I guess. And, uh, yeah, you can find us on... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Lifetime Pals Pod, uh, or email us at lifetimepalspod at gmail.com. And if you give us an accurate count on how many times we said the word rape in this podcast, because I feel a little dirty about that, actually, you know, we'll shout you out on the next episode because thanks for doing that work. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Kabir, because apparently he's our biggest fan, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And you're the best, Kabir. We love you. Where can they find you, Ferris? Uh, I have an Instagram, which is embarrassed to be human. And I might wake up my other podcast, which has been sleeping for most of the year because the world has been a mess. Mm-hmm. Which is Dream Slam All Women's Wrestling. It's a great podcast. You should check it out. And honestly... Remember, kids. I wanted to find something funny for this one. Yeah. I really did. Um, Play baseball. Play baseball. Don't sacrifice rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits are nice. Um, If the first 40 times you ask a kid something and they say no to, if they say yes the 41st, because they want you to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And don't wake up your children at three o'clock in the morning her just interrogating them because it's probably traumatic. I hope I have a cool satanic name someday. Me too. Cheers. Bye. Bye.